1: Welcome to Blowing Bubbles: Positive <laughs> Conversations with People in Their Bubbles, Their Safe Spaces, Around the World. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, and I am joined by Gina Blanchard Lagario from Argentina. Kia ora, Gina.
0: Hello, Sam. It's actually Lagorio, but that's all fine. Yes, I'm in Patagonia, up in the mountains.
1: I know nothing about the geography of. South America, you'll have to tell us more than that.
0: Okay, Lagapuelo is a little village on the edge of a national park, and Lagapuelo is the lake that runs from here right through to Chile. And it's actually Lagapuelo, or this place, is the lowest part of the Andes and the whole Andes range. And you can actually walk there from here, although I haven't done it.
1: Cool, and how long have you been there?
0: I've been living here now for about six years, although I came here for the first time 11 years ago, and that's when I decided I wanted to come back here and live because it is such a beautiful place, full of very artistic people and lots of of creative work going on here. So how was
1: your bubble life which we talk about the bubble life um we had the the first lockdown was called the the bubbles so that's why the show is called blowing bubbles so how has the the pandemic experience been there
0: well i think it's been pretty much the same here as for the rest of the world we went into lockdown about the same time as you did back in new zealand but of course we've still been basically in it ever since um People are moving around, but there's not much movement between provinces, and we all just wear masks and get on with it, the same as most other people in the world do. We all know people have had it, and we've all been pretty close to it by now. But I'm on—I'm about to have my second vaccination.
1: So I'm busily looking it up on Google Maps while we're talking. Lago Puello.
0: Okay. Yep. Tell, tell me about that. And I can tell you a bit about. About Lago Puello itself or about my own bubble? Let's go for the town first. Which one? The town. (laughs) Okay. Lago Lago Puello, the little town, has about, well, it's a small town. It has about 7,000 permanent residents. Um, We live in a smaller part of the tourist village, which is closer to the lake and in summertime generally the population doubles or trebles but of course during the pandemic there has been very little movement so everything has changed but it's a very popular tourist town one of the most popular in argentina and lots of people from buenos aires long to have a holiday home here it's a very pretty place
1: how i can't get the scale well i could get the scale i could pull it up but how far is it from the the eastern coast? What's the scale on that? That's
0: oh goodness, it's over the Andes, and I don't know how exactly wide Chile is. I'm not. I'm, I'm okay. not terribly good geographically, actually. <laughs> um, you'll have to have a have, have to figure that out for yourself. <laughs> but but big mountains, really big mountains, really big mountains. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of in the foothills of the mountains and it's almost like a microclimate here because most of the, the weather gets rained up before it gets over the mountains and we're quite low down and although we're further south than Bariloche, which is the nearest big city nearest us, we're actually warmer because we're lower down.
1: And so how was your own bubble experience?
0: Well, my experience has been actually really good. I'm probably one of the best people to be put in a bubble because of my childhood. I grew up in on lighthouses and in very isolated places and therefore my family didn't go anywhere for very long times in a, in a, you know we stayed basically where we lived for years at a time so being told to stay in one place hasn't really been bad for me. I've enjoyed it and I've taken it as an opportunity to do as much of my own artwork as I possibly can. And I've been painting and doing a lot of painting. And I'm also also busy writing a memoir at the moment. I'm writing the story of my childhood on the lighthouses. So, I haven't really missed I haven't really missed anything. I haven't been missing people, I haven't been missing going out. I've been really enjoying staying home and doing as much as I possibly can.
1: Not being in a lighthouse has the advantage of the rooms not being round.
0: <laughs> well, yes, people did used to think we lived in the lighthouse. We didn't actually we always lived in a house beside the lighthouse, but it was pretty dramatic. Especially that's, on Stevens Island, which is which is very high
1: up. That's not that's what the it says in all the, all, t- the st- t- all the storybooks have mm-hmm. people living in the lighthouse. I know
0: Ex- the lighthouse keeper's lunch, but I oh, mean, he? No, it wasn't like
1: that. That lighthouse keeper didn't live in the lighthouse. That lighthouse keeper lived in a house on the cliff beside it. And the lunch
0: came well, across there you on go. a pulley. That's what we did too. <laughs> That's what we did too. And I think there are very few lighthouses in New Zealand that were actually lived inside of. There might have been one or two, but hardly anywhere. But of course, then after after the lighthouses, my family ended up living on Little Barrier, up up in the Haraki Gulf. And my father was the ranger there, and we were there for a long time. I lived there between the ages of eight and 17 on a wildlife bird factory.
1: With my family. Wow. So you're yeah. used, to being great life. used to being isolated?
0: Yes, and in fact um, coming and living here in Lago Pueblo is a little bit like being isolated on another kind of island because we're isolated by a big desert.
1: Let's take the first of your music tracks. Let's have Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit. Why this one?
0: Well, I love it because it takes me right back to being 17, which is the year that it came out, which tells you how old I am. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I just love it. I love the way that she just, the first few bars just really get me. And she's got no time for repetition, no time for chorus. She just sings the whole thing <laughs> in one go and she means every word of it. I love it to bits.
1: Have you always been an artist?
0: Yes, I have. I can't ever remember not drawing as long as I can remember I was holding a pencil or drawing something. And I've drawn, painted, um, made ceramics, done weaving, made quilts. Um, I'm always, always making something my whole life, yeah. And I worked, I worked as a graphic artist for a long time too. While I was a graphic artist, I didn't do much of my own work. And now living here, and of course I'm retired now, I'm actually able to do everything that I've always wanted to do, and it's wonderful. I'm now able to use everything that I've learned in the past and put it all together, and I'm actually doing all the things that i always wanted to do. And I also realize that I don't need all the things that I used to think I needed <laughs> to have to do it, because I can just find whatever's around me, and I use what I have. I pick up stuff on the road, and I weave with willow, I make baskets, I put rocks together, I just keep on it, keep at it. I love it.:
1: So what's inspiring you now?
0: In fact, the same. I realise that my entire work, all my life, has been part of the same thing. When I was a kid, I loved the waves, I loved trees, I loved birds, I loved nature, I loved everything around me. Um, and when I started painting, when I was older, I realised that I'm always working towards the perfect picture, really. And when I look at everything I've painted and put them together. They all work with each other. So I would say that what inspires me is oh, nature, I suppose, just um, everything around me. <laughs> and I have been very inspired by Tahu, I must say. I found um, coming across her online, I found her when she was knitting socks. <laughs> and um, I think I liked it and ended up becoming – a really good Facebook friend with her and she has been so inspiring to me. She really, really has. And she has changed the way that I paint and I think I've become more positive since knowing her as well. And that's a really good thing.
1: There is a boundless enthusiasm exudes from Tahu.
0: Absolutely.
1: The theme of this show that we started at the start of lockdown is positive but not deluded that enthusiasm mm-hmm. has to have a, a a sort of a critical eye that you're actually looking at things and knowing how to improve things it's not just everything is always wonderful do no. you do, do, does your artwork have a message behind it
0: A message behind it. I don't know if it's a message, but I know the way that I try to look at things. I I don't want people to look at my work and, and say immediately, oh that's nice, that's pretty, that's you know. I want them to take time to look into it and explore it and get lost in it by um, if that's a message I don't know. What I'm trying to say is in my artwork, I like to try to look at all the different layers all at one time. I like the, the aerial views, the views that are right up close, and I try to paint through all of the layers so that all of the times and layers are all working with each other. Um, yeah a um, message if there is any message would be to take time to look and take time to see what is there because you can't you can't take everything in in an in instant you have to look and absorb and go into things that would be my message and it's not just with my painting if you're going to look at a, a scene you need to sit there and take time to see it as well does that make
1: sense? I do, and I have written down and put a big star beside it to try to look at all the different layers all at one time. That's an interesting challenge, and it, it highlights for me the sorts of questions that we face. I mean, one of the, the great challenges that I think we have is to actually put into practice the, the old cliche of thinking global, act local, but we don't actually have yes, ways of yes. putting that into practice or explaining it. But maybe that attempting to look at all the layers or all, the, all the time is a clue uh-huh. for that.
0: And you also could look at it from the viewpoint of a bird in flight. If you were high up and then you were flying down, looking at it close and then moving up out to one side and wheeling around and getting all the different viewpoints on it at the same time.
1: So is, is your artwork literally that sort of image or is, is that the, the, the what inspires it and then it goes off into a, a more abstract
0: Both I think when I started painting I've described myself as an abstract expressionist but I have changed a little bit and I put I'm putting more realism in but then I tend to abstract the realism as well and the the most telling example of this is the portrait that I'm doing of Tahu at the moment which is teaching me such a lot painting this portrait because I'm actually applying everything I'm telling you about this. I have the four elements in the corner, I have her in the centre, whirled around by all the forces of nature and that is what I'm trying to do because there are very, very distant things in it and the very, very close things things that are close to you and things that are further away. And yeah, as I said, I would I my mission is for people to stand in front of what I've painted and not be able to look away for quite a long time. And because I can't I can't. I stand there looking for uh, for hours as well. And I get lost in it. And I would like people to be able to do the same. It might be cruel of me to want that, but that's what I would like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that might be the only chance of looking at Tahu for an extended time because she's always moving.
0: Ah, right then. Well, I'm making her into a pack of cards. I'm making her into a deck of cards, believe it or not. That's that's what I'm doing with the painting.
2: A deck of cards. So you might
0: end up with one in your hand. And, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> and have you tried to get her to sit down long enough to paint her or are you, are you capturing her remotely because you're not in the same place as her that must add an extra challenge oh, I'm,
0: ca- I'm, ca- I'm capturing her remotely I've been um, I've been looking at photographs of her and kind of saving photographs and just working my idea of how it all feels for me from the photographs so it's kind of a composite of my experience of her from seeing her on, um, you know, on Facebook, basically, and painting her from that. But not not slavishly, it's, um, it's not something I'm trying to do as photographic acceptance, because I'm not like that.
1: Let's take Tahu herself.
3: <laughs> Bubble sprite of the forest of Orokinooi, Din favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mahi aroha noe kia koutou ho-ho. I hope you're all happy to stay a stay, real superstar, in your beloved universes, and really hope wherever you are is happening around you. This journey that winter gets proved to be very rewarding, very sustained, and illuminating for you more each day. Who you are, triumph of nature, art, need, and here, to Thanks. So, as we know, we've all been on this very fascinating roller coaster ride together, and we're still on it. And for us here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, we are frolicking about a state of unparalleled freedom, able to sit closer together on the roller coaster and hang in all sorts while we're having this ride. It's quite peaceful for us at this point. But of course, for people on other parts of the roller coaster, it's very intense at the moment. So the best thing we can do, of course, is do our utmost to support each other and of course to support ourselves and one of the great things I know that we all enjoy is feeling valued, feeling appreciated and feeling that our own interior universe is of value and is is fascinating to ourselves and to others and of course it is fascinating, every single one of us unique and is bringing a new reality into being each moment with each breath and as much as possible if we can share our unique reality, of course we co-evolve, of course we learn and we can consciously do this, or subconsciously, unconsciously, constantly contributing, co-evolving. I've been really enjoying having Harvey Penfold back and learning what his consciousness has been fascinated by, which at the moment is all the patterns in the stock market, which I've never ventured towards. So it's a whole new universe that I'm learning vicariously about. And of course, yet another construct of the human world this notion of money and and stocks and symbols and buying and selling bears and bulls and all of these special terms that are part of the universe of course as a species we're so good at this We can go deeper and deeper and deeper into things and make them more and more complex have more and more intricacies and idiosyncrasies and this is a wonderful part of us it's also good for us to be able to do the reverse which is to see that in fact there is a wonderful simplicity the wonderful beauty about our world and about our life and we can reflect both of these realities at once and enjoy inhabiting but i've been in the process since february as we all know i've organized this big memorial concert for a friend who passed away at the start of the year and this again has been a wonderful journey into the multiplicity of us all within us all we hold a range of different people different parts of ourselves different aspects of ourselves and of course a wonderful pantheon of different characters and different personalities different ways of being, doing, seeing, feeling and at different times, of course, these aspects of ourselves can come forward and be very helpful and in the same way call forth resonating aspect of monthly hope. So I really hope for you, whichever aspects of our fascinating reality you're venturing forth into, venturing away from, going within, you're really enjoying this process and you're finding ways to creatively express and enjoy your myriad observations from the world around you. I know for me, I'm really enjoying at the moment, I'm two days away from the big concert and really enjoying this sense of a long-term project coming to fruition. And of course, for all of us, our lives is our longest-term project, our self, instruction of ourself. And with each new phase that we move through, of course, we, we can feel the sense of satisfaction and accomplishment as we become more and more aware of who we are, what we're here to do, what we want to do. I really hope for you that you're enjoying this process and I hope that wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, you're able to take the time that you need for yourself to give yourself the opportunity to rest, to relax, to recharge, to recalibrate and to trim. Thank you. I look forward to talking. Kakiti
1: You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Gina blanchard Allegorio. Gina, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last year what changes have you seen in argentina and what changes do you think will stick and what do you hope will stick
0: well the biggest change is that there's not quite as much hugging and kissing going on because of course here everybody has to kiss each other and hug each other hello and goodbye all the time And everybody used to share mate all the time, and you and share the straws. And so we are all seeing a lot less of each other. And when we do see each other, there's a lot less kissing. Um, That is that's the main thing. Um, Apart from that, everything obviously is a lot quieter. People aren't going out as much. Things aren't happening as much. Everybody seems to be. Staying in and just keeping to themselves a lot more than they used to, um, which we all have to.
1: We've had a very successful campaign here. All well, the the messaging has been around the the be kind message and the the team of five million. What messaging are you getting there?
0: Not a lot, actually. There isn't a very there isn't a huge amount of. Um, what to say? Um, together, I don't get a big message coming from the country, and as far as here in Chibut goes, people are just given the given the statistics every day and told to told to stay home. There's no huge message. Well, maybe I'm not listening to it because I don't listen to a lot of the radio and I don't go out a lot. So maybe I'm missing something.
1: Have you seen any positive community responses? Um,
0: well, we're actually still here recovering from some terrible wildfires that happened just before the, um, what happened in the middle of this. We had, we had, um, really bad wildfires and we had a wonderful response from the from the province for that Um, i'm not kind of sure what other community response there might be we don't have the same kind of social networks here as there are in new zealand there isn't the same kind of social welfare and not the same sense of people working together that I have noticed. It tends to be more individual groups of people, I think. Saying that, the thing I do notice about living here is that family groups are, tend to be really strong and stick together and help each other. I think the most noticeable thing difference between New Zealand and here is that there's very little social welfare here and there's very little infrastructure in many of the provinces and it's all a little bit everything's a little bit slower and it's a little bit harder and people aren't that yeah do you understand what i'm saying
1: yeah i wonder if that is it a, is it a sense of resilience is it a
0: a, a we can survive kind of kind of ethos I probably shouldn't say that. And you should probably take that piece out, okay? But the the the, the difference the difference is that here people are more um, forced to take care of themselves because the state doesn't, to the extent that New Zealand does.
1: I'm looking at pictures of your your lake. It is indeed a very pretty lake. Do you know if people have, have people
0: swum the length of it? <laughs> freeze to death they might have i did see a guy go into the lake once wearing a wetsuit and trailing some little sort of a ball behind him um i don't know what he was doing um they may have there's very little activity actually on the lake that people there people do a little bit of kayaking but there are hardly any boats although there is one passenger boat that used to go across to chile and back but i don't think it does anymore there might be a few tourist boats over the summer.
1: Cool. I'm looking at cool rocks as well. This, the Looking at cool, are they granite? Sort of polished pebble sort of? That's it. I'm going to have to visit. This looks like a nice place to go.
0: How did you... There, how did there, you there, there, ah. there are rocks everywhere here. It's It's just full of rocks. If I'd had another life, I would be a geologist because... Um, although I grew up on Little Barrier and I was fascinated by the rocks there, it wasn't until, until I came here I started thinking about the journeys that all these rocks have been on. This is a great big glacier valley and all these rocks would have come down from the mountains and I look at a tiny rock and I think, my goodness, did you start as a huge boulder up a mountain and how many millions of years has it taken you to get worn down to that? Think of the life of a rock going backwards, just being worn, worn, worn out and going disappearing into nothing. Marvellous, no? How did you find it? The rock or Lagapuelo?
1: Lagapuelo.
0: <laughs> I came here with my with my partner, who's from Argentina. And we came here 11 years ago on a world trip, and I actually fell in love with it, and I wanted to come back. So I kind of pushed for us to buy some land and come back here, which we did. And we built an adobe house, which we're living in, and um, here we are. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. Why this one? It reminds me of one of my oldest friends who lives in Spain and she went to Spain when she was 21 and it was a song that she and I always loved together and I just love the trumpet playing. The trumpet and it is just crazy.
2: So many people. got this
1: how is the adobe house going
0: it's great it does what it's supposed to do it keeps us cool in the summer and warm in the winter and it's much warmer than the how other a lot of other houses that you go into that are stone and wood because the the thickness of the adobe just keeps it the right temperature all the time It's really good. And it's easy to look after? Well, yeah, I guess so. We have only been here for six years, so we haven't um, done, about five years we've been living in the house. So we haven't had to do an awful lot of maintenance on it yet. We finally got to paint it last year. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a mud colour for a long time, and now it's a nice terracotta red.
1: You grew up on offshore islands, which is our where lots of the the, the, the treasures of our of our wildlife are. What's the wildlife yep. like where you are?
0: Well, that's an interesting question. There are a lot of different birds. Um, there's some quite large birds that live around here. There's one that I think is the same as a as the ibis that lives in Egypt. It's a very big bird with a great big curved curved beak. Um, there, there are it's a, it's a quite a strange place actually. There are lots of dogs, there are lots of cats. Um, it's not the There's quite a bit of rubbish around the place as well which isn't which isn't very good and there's i don't think that there is a very strong awareness of the natural flora and fauna that's saying there are lizards and little birds and apparently there are some pumas still up in the hills they, they don't come down very often, and I have never seen one, but there are the odd puma still in the mountains. And as was that, on a mountain very close to here, there are um oh the condors. Condors nest on the mountains, and you quite often see them wheeling around over the lake. So there are, there's a lot of bird life. And there are some there are bands of little green parakeets that live up in the mountains during the summertime. And during the winter, they fly down and they all race around the valley and they hang out in the trees around our house, which is really nice. So we see a lot of things.
1: I'm busily looking up the, the pictures that Google is offering me of the, the lake and its surrounds. It looks quite a lot like... Queenstown or perhaps more like Wanaka in in terms of the the, well, the, it, the vegetation on the hills and the shape of the hills I suppose it it's, recent it's 42
0: degrees south just like Queenstown and there's a lot of similar
1: so what's the next creative project that you're working on
0: well finishing my memoir is really important but apart from that I have lots of lots of projects stacked up I probably have about 20 stacked up i've got baskets of um, fabric that i'm turning into other baskets one of the things that happened when the after the fires was a lot of used clothing got sent into here more than people were able to use and so there's a group of women and i'm trying to organize us to get together and turn the um, used fabric into rope and twine and cover them and make baskets or mats and do different things with the with the clothing. So I'm working on organizing, trying to get a group of women doing that. And there's a smaller group of us doing it already.
1: Are all these creative outlets? Were we were we holding those tight while you were working as a as a graphic artist? knowing that eventually you'd get to your own projects?
0: Pretty much, yes. Yes, absolutely. I worked for about 10 or 11 years on and off as a graphic artist in Auckland, mostly for a magazine publishing company. And while I was doing that, there really wasn't any time to do other stuff. But yes, I've always had things building up in the background, and I do have a number of projects at the moment that I've been wanting to do ever since then. One of them would be to do with um, broomsticks and a fascination with sweeping and flying on broomsticks that I've had since I was a kid. <laughs> when, I, when I was little and I used to have to sweep the backyard, i has been part of the time sweeping the backyard and the rest of the time trying to fly on the broomstick. <laughs> and I have a, a, a series of paintings and work associated with that that I've had floating around in my head for a long time time and maybe I'll get to that one and I make broomsticks as well because I weave baskets and I also learnt how to make my own broomsticks and I make br- a, I usually make a fresh broomstick for myself every year and I also make my good friends broomsticks and give them to them. Escobbers you know the old fashioned ones that real witches fly on. Wow <laughs> with, with twigs bound up in a absolutely i make them with willow oh well. bind, and you have to bind them, bind on little 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 groups of bristles and you bind little groups of bristles into bigger groups and then bind them all around the handle in a kind of a spiral so that they all stay on and don't fly off
1: does argentina have a a strange relationship with willow like we do we kind of quite like it but we also know it's a, a pest in the rivers
0: well, absolutely, yes, it's gone, gone completely wild here. It's out of hand, it's out of control, and the, everybody here just have to accept it. There's the, the whole place is full of blackberry, willow, and rosa mosqueta, and, you know, the the native trees, you know, manage to survive mostly, but there's a lot of, yeah, they do feel like that. I love it, there's a mess of it. I love the red willow that grows right in the river. There's a, there's a couple of, there's a number of different sorts of willows, but there's a lovely red Japanese one that stays red after you've made the baskets, which I love.
1: I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years?
0: The biggest success I've had? Wow. Um. Oh. That's a lovely one to throw at me. I haven't even thought about it. I would actually say my bi- my biggest success is actually achieving this painting that I'm doing. Actually, I'm prouder of it than anything else, and I've nearly finished it, so I will say that I've succeeded. The painting of Tahu.
1: I'm sure that it will be fabulous. You said it was going to be make a... Pe- make a pack of cards are you going to break it up or is it is it repeated on one on one card
0: no no i'm going to make it into a lot of different cards i'm going to photograph all the main elements of it and then photograph all the details and then i have i well i've got the four separate elements so i have four different backings. It's quite complicated, but yes, it will be her face, but it will also be all the details.
1: Awesome. I look forward to that. Yeah. We're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What is the superpower that's got you into the
0: mansion my superpower my superpower would be would be able to think ahead i think i believe that i create my own reality my superpower i might have to think about that for a minute longer <laughs>
1: All right. We can come back to that. I,
0: if I if I if if I have any powers, it's in my fingertips. I have the power to coordinate my brain with my fingers, and I can I can bring whatever I want to bring from my head and my heart through my fingers into whatever I want it to be. That sounds. Cool. I am a magician.
1: do you consider yourself to be an activist
0: not really not really i don't go out and agitate people to to do things but i do always speak my truth and i would like to think that maybe I can sometimes help influence people to maybe do things or be a little bit happier or better, maybe. But not an activist as such. No, I don't.
1: So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
0: I get out of bed because I want to start working. Actually, I get out of bed to let the puppy out and let the cat in. And after that, it's coffee. And then after that, I start writing. And then I start learning. Uh, Then I start doing my half-hour Spanish, which I've been doing 277 days in a row now. And then I start painting or cooking and living my life and going around in the circles that I go (laughs) in. I just go in circles doing a little bit and doing a little bit more and gradually they all connect up with each other. And although I start an awful lot of things, I also end up um, finishing a lot of things in groups. And I've always worked like that. I do. I, I start a lot of stuff, work on a lot of stuff and get a lot of things finished. So I'm quite productive.
1: What's the biggest challenge? I give away
0: for- an awful My biggest challenge, stay alive, (laughs) keeping on going in a healthy fashion as long as I can. I'm 21 now, which amazes me because I only feel about 14. Um, And yeah, I, I would just like to keep on doing what I do and keep on going as happily as I can for as long as I can.
1: And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners?
0: Gosh. Stay stay as focused as you can on the things that make you happy and be as happy as you can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is good advice I could try that
0: again but that's, that's really
1: yeah. yeah Gina thank you very much for joining me it's been a pleasure
0: you're very welcome it's been lovely talking to you thank you so much for having me and love to everybody there in Dunedin and in New Zealand from Patagonia
1: Safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie, and this is Mulgani Lago Puella. I'm Samuel Man, so is Bay Dunedin, and I have been joined from Lago Puella. By Gina Blanchard Magorio. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show.